The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's another Sunday night in quarantine. And, you know, for the last couple of months, we've been sort of checking in with comics all over North America and finding out what people are working on during COVID-19 and if we really can envision a near future where comedy is going to come back after all this. And this week, obviously, things have changed even more. Now we have cities all over North America erupting in protests and demonstrations. It kind of feels like a time when comedy sort of takes a back seat. It all sort of feels trivial. And we're trying to figure out if our friends in some of these cities are first off safe and what they think about coming back to a time where we can write material about this and get up on stage and talk about this. Is it important right now? Is comedy coming back from all of this craziness of 2020? We're going to check in with them and find out what their take is on this and where they sit on that whole thing. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. America, I've given you all, and now I'm nothing. America, $2.27, January 17, 1956. It's another Sunday night in quarantine, and you know, for the last couple of months, we've been sort of checking in with comics all over North America and finding out what people are working on during COVID-19 and if we really can envision a near future where comedy is going to come back after all this. And this week, obviously, things have changed even more. Now we have cities all over North America erupting in protests and demonstrations. It kind of feels like a time when comedy sort of takes a back seat. It all sort of feels trivial. And we're trying to figure out if our friends in some of these cities are first off safe and what they think about coming back to a time where we can write material about this and get up on stage and talk about this. Is it important right now? Is comedy coming back from all of this craziness of 2020? We're going to check in with them and find out what their take is on this and where they sit on that whole thing. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and, of course, coast to coast on the Global News Radio Network. Uh, I have my producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. And, uh, you know, Vince, before, you know, kicking off the show today, kind of explained how we've been doing the show remotely during all of this quarantine craziness and try and talking to comics all over the place and figuring out what people are working on and what they see happening with comedy after all this is over and, you know, how quickly can we go back to it. Now we have all this new element of stuff happening this week. There's these demonstrations in, you know, in, in cities all over North America with, with a lot of friends of ours that, that we talk to on the show regularly. And, you know, you and I were talking about this. I was sort of wondering, is it even important to talk about comedy this week? Like how, how vital is all of this? Does it seem like sort of a kind of a frivolous thing with all of this craziness going on this year? It's amazing what can happen in a week. Seven days ago, it was the narrative was completely different, and now the narrative is completely different again. Um, it, it really is. Like you yeah. know, even when, when we kicked off this season, I mean, you look back to the beginning of season four, which we're now coming towards the end of. We're, we'd normally be heading into festival season right now and going into the summer. You look at how different things are from when we kicked off this season, and now we were finally these last couple of weeks coming to a point where we could sort of see the beginning of maybe the way things will come back from quarantine and comedy will kind of limp its way back to the stage. 
and now things compl- the dynamic has completely shifted once again. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's an issue that's always been pressing within our culture, within the North American society and the way of things. And there's so many voices that need to be heard. Um, and the last one on that list you would think would be comedy and no way to shine a light on this. And in no way we are, but from a comedic's voice, from a, co- a comedian's voice, what do they think of all of this? And we sort of kind of handpicked our lineup for tonight to kind of reflect that. We really did. I mean, we have Kenny Robinson, of course, who we've, he's a friend of the show. He's known in Canada as sort of our godfather of comedy, but also a huge founding figure in comedy for performers of color. The Nubian show is now 25 plus years in, you know, he sort of gave a lot of upcoming comics their very first stage time and, and carved out a place for them that didn't exist. We have some comic friends of ours living in places like LA and Montreal, where there's protests and and, and in LA's case, demonstrations and curfew and riots and all this stuff happening. And I, I have to admit, I'll admit on the air, I was apprehensive about maybe even figuring out how to tackle this this week because at the end of the day, we're a comedy show on a news station. But I have to give credit to one person in particular. I mean, of course, you, Vince, our producer, you sort of convinced me that this is important, that we have to still keep at it. Um, there's another comic who joined us on the show previously, uh, Janelle Dennis. You know, she said on her Instagram, Anybody who has a platform in the media should be addressing this. It's sort of a responsibility and, and in a way, a privilege that you have that platform. So this week, it's not really about us. It's about our guests as usual, but they have viewpoints that I think we probably can't provide. And I think even though we are a comedy show, it is probably up to us to sort of hear what these guys have to say and, and, and sort of get their viewpoint on what it's like out there. Amen, brother. With that, on with the show. On with the show. So we're going to talk to our first friend, uh, Ron Jossel, who is in L.A., and find out what it's like in the middle of that, and is he keeping safe, and what he thinks about all this. Instead of finding out what, not just what people are working on right now, which kind of seems like a bit of an afterthought in a way, we're just figuring out what it's like being where they are and are people keeping safe. So we've got friend of the show, Ron Jossel, on the air, who's actually living and working in L.A. right now. So, Ron, I mean, what what's it like where you are, man? Are you staying safe? Are you worried? I mean, what's what does it feel like being in one of the sort of epicenters of all this? Well, um, I'm living on Hollywood Boulevard, so the protesters are mainly, um, they're on Beverly Hills, they're on Sunset, they're on Fairfax, so it's not that, it's maybe five to ten minutes away from me. But coming into the city, if I have to go outside and come back, anything can happen. I've seen, you know, uh, cars on fire. I've also seen protesters on the highway and freeways. So you can't even go through. Uh, you can't even get back home with people coming late from work. So I tend not to go out too much. But the, a lot of the people that are, you know, uh, that protesting also don't want to be silent. And a lot. And here's, here's the catch to it you. You don't want to go out because... It is, you still need to social distance yourself, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you want to protest. But you're like, what do I do? If I stay in, I'm silent. If I go out, I can get sick. So there's a weird, um, there's a weird uh, crossroads we're at, even just politically, too, for people that want to support. There totally is. I mean, there's so many layers to it. I mean, and, and for you, I mean... Yes, you you know, you tour all over the place. You come back and work back home here in Canada all the time before all this quarantine stuff started. And now it's it's sort of, like you said, it's a catch-22 because 
all of these mass world events and all of this social upheaval is going on right now in real time, which normally would be the job of the comedian to get up on stage and use that platform and, and sort of bring this stuff out right. into the forefront, you know, does it almost feel like, like all of that's sort of taking a back seat right now? Like, does it still feel essential during all of this? Believe it or not, it's not taking a back seat. Uh, most of the people I know that are comedians and uh, want to make a difference still by through their voice, they are doing a lot of Zo- uh, online shows, whether it's Zoom or any other streaming uh, uh, component. Everybody wants to... The, I don't know what's happened, but more. Even, I, I've done my first live show uh, actually in L- L.A. where you drive in, they don't, they tell you to come out through a megaphone. You get uh, the audience of 16 people They test it. Your temperature is tested. You go to your green room that's sterilized. And as soon as they tell you, you have to walk out, then, then they film you, but you have your mask on stage. You take it off 10 feet. They're 15 feet away and then 10 feet away from each other. And um, people are doing these shows, producing them, taping them, and then putting them online. So, if anybody wants to watch it, like Dry Bar, they pay a dollar to watch it. If they like it, you could donate to the actual comedian themselves through PayPal or whatever they, the mean, their means of payment. So more of this is happening, and more people are trying to find a place to, watch, uh, to go to, con- to hear the comedian voices and also to get a laugh just to get them out of the situation mentally where they are, because we're pretty much all stuck at home. But watching these shows can actually get your mind away from it for that one to two hours. Which is interesting to hear how sort of the people are figuring out new ways to work and to and to reach an audience during all this. We're going to come back with more Ron Jossel from LA. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi. My name's Aaron Berg, and you're so lucky to be listening to me on Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and coast to coast on the Global News Radio network. Uh, we're talking to comedian Ron Jossel, who does live and work in L.A. right now with, with everything that's going on down there and just what that's sort of like being there. See, Ron, so just before the break, you were telling us about how these shows are starting to happen again, where people are, you're figuring out a way to perform in front of an audience, even though we are still, you know, people are forgetting right now. We are still very much in quarantine. We are still in pandemic mode, but comedy sort of finding a way to come back for you now with all these protests going on in cities like LA, very much sort of erupting around you in, in a lot of ways. Do you feel apprehensive now as a, as a Canadian comic that made this move to the States and made that your home? Um, not really, because before, I think if anybody wants to move to a place, whether or not it's for business, you know, you have to love the city. So I've been coming to Los Angeles before I moved here since I was 18, uh, since, since 1992. So I've been coming back and forth just because I love the city. Half my family lives here. So it was my goal to move here when I was 18. And by the time I did move in here, move to L.A., I was already working in L.A. for 10 years. So it wasn't a big transition for me. And my work in Canada is only so much. uh, Canada, for me, 
and not for I'm not, I'm not speaking for any other comedian, but for me, it was just one of the many countries I I started to uh, I, I I played. Like I started in Canada, but within my seventh year, I was working in Dubai already. I was working in Saudi Arabia. I was I was working in Asia. I was working in Scandinavia. So. Yeah. My journey in comedy was different from many other Canadians or other people I know. If I if not, I I I usually played 30 to 40 countries a year since 2010. So my choice of living could have been anywhere in the world because the money I was making was not because of I was in LA or, or US. It was an overseas kind of a salary I was making. So the the move to here wasn't as bad. I still have half my family that lives here, so it's not it's not like I feel alone. Also, if I do move back to Canada, the the work if any work pops up of, oh, around the world, if this starts reopening, it's not going to be the work is not going to come from Canada for me. It's going to come from overseas and America. So, I built this situation for myself, and I know and I knew that going back to Canada wasn't going to be an option for me when it came to to comedy. If I move back to Canada, it's because probably I quit comedy and there was no more means to making money in, in this industry. And I just wanted to move to Canada and just live there f- for the rest of my life. That would be the only option of me going there now. Yeah, it is true. I mean, you are someone and yeah, of course, Canadian comics very much know you and get to see you and work with you and all that stuff when you when you do come back home. But yeah, your whole, whole career was always built on the fact that you reached all these different audiences and you were very well traveled. You you never just sort of relegated yourself to that old pattern of, you know, the the Canadian road dog that just crosses back and forth from east to west every year and waits. I, I, yeah, I I've done festivals. that for 10 years and I thought that was uh, it's a great training facility in Canada because not, honestly there's nothing harder playing than in between the 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 small town the small towns in between major cities in Canada. It's really it's really a a, a tough um a tough, tough, tough show sometime, but because I made all this, these contacts overseas, it was easier for me to start a show online because every week I would go people on the show that I would meet uh, people that I would put on the show are going to be from different parts of the world. So you would see someone from Ireland, somebody from Australia, somebody from the Philippines, somebody from Thailand, somebody from yeah. Cambodia, somebody from England, you know, so it was e- it's easy for me to put that show together and uh, and start even making money for myself, the other comedians, and also donations that go to proceeds that I mean that proceeds go to uh, organizations. Yeah, which is something you were telling Vince and I before the show today, and and of course you're also you know we spoke to Jean Paul last week. You've been doing this live. Um, Minority Report show on Zoom, but you also have your own project that you're doing live every week, which is sort of which is going to yeah. help support what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that shows every Wednesday for me. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. And it's called uh, Ron the World. Ron the World. Like around the world. But around the world. world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I think, I mean, you're in a unique position because you have been living and working in the U.S. for so long. And I mean – you know, here in Canada, we're we're doing the same thing as everybody else, where we're sort of just waiting out quarantine and trying to figure out what's going to happen with comedy shows and all that stuff. In the U.S., you're in a much more unique situation. I mean, you have these widespread demonstrations and all of this obviously urgent social change that hopefully will emerge from this. You're in the middle of a political. You're in the middle of a, a presidential race. You're in. You know, 
you're you're in a country that is really, really fighting this whole pandemic thing. I mean, you have all these different things going on. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's the job of the comic is to sort of take in all this stuff and figure out how you can translate that to your audience, you know? Yeah, and especially at this time, we are all, I mean, people that are living the seas where the violence is happening too. And it's, uh, we're using our, our survival instincts now to, to a level that I haven't used before, where we have to make sure we're safe, we have to make sure we're fed, and we have to sure we, we have to make sure we're create, being creative to me, to keep our mental strength. Because without this creativity that we're doing, we all can come to craziness. You know, so it's a, actually very beneficial that we're using these outlets to uh, make everybody more relaxed in ourselves. Absolutely, Ron, and we're glad you're doing it. So everybody, make sure you check out that show, uh, and it's and it's supporting a lot of what's going on right now. And of course, you can also get Ron right now live on the Minority Report every week on Zoom. Ron, thanks so much, man. We hope that you uh, stay safe and keep working on this, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, can sort of stay away from from the epicenter of all this until things sort of calm down. Sure. Or, and you know, so hang in there, and uh, you know, we hope to see you live on stage very soon. All right, thanks so much, Vince. Take care, guys. Take care, Dean. Uh, thank you for having me. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Uh, thank you. And we'll be back with Akeem Hoyt Charles, another comic joining us from Montreal. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Rodrigo Fernandez Stoll, star of the North by Northeast Music Festival, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, and of course, it's a bit of a more, I guess, newsier take on things than we normally have here on Inside Jokes because... For the last few months, we've been trying to figure out what coffee is looking like during quarantine and how it's going to come back. Uh, and now in the wake of everything going on this week and cities all over North America just erupting in demonstrations and social upheaval and hopefully, hopefully some sort of urgent change that's going to come out of this. And the interesting thing is it's not just an American problem. It is, of course, very widespread in cities across the U.S., but we are also... People are taking to the streets here in Canada, too. There's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of anger. Uh, we, we're talking to comedian Akeem Hoy-Charles, who's in Montreal, which normally this time of year would be festival season, just for laughs would be gearing up, and everybody would be taking to the streets of Montreal and celebrating comedy. Akeem, what, what does it look like there right now? It's such a different time this year, obviously. It's, it's depressing. Can I swear? Can I cuss? You, we'll bleep you if you do, but if you need to let it, we'll bleep you. We'll bleep you, buddy. It's depressing as shit. It's depressing as This is the happiest. This is like this time of year. It's like prepping for the Super Bowl of comedy. It really like, is. Anybody who's anybody in comedy, even if you're nobody in in comedy, you're gearing up, getting ready to just be around, see what's going on in the festival, hope to bump into people that can launch your career, and it's like. You you start off the year with twenty twenty has been pretty. Shit. I'm not gonna cap. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. We, we hear you. This is the year everyone thought they were gonna. Oh, this is the year. New new decade. This is gonna be the year where it's gonna my everything's gonna take off. It's gonna be amazing. Leave all the stuff from the last decade in the past. We get hit with a virus. Now another bunch of shit going on, and it's just. <laughs> 
it's just, I'm happy. I'm blessed that I got to do a lot of cool stuff at the beginning of the year. Like I did the festival out in Vancouver. So that was cool. And I actually did a show in Toronto and I wanted to come on then, but I was only there for a day. So, but yeah, man, it's, it's chaotic. It's, it's pretty, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, normally, normally this time of year when everybody would be prepping to go to Montreal and getting ready for summer festival season, it's now in Montreal, there's demonstrations and there was like, you know, there was like looting and stuff that happened apparently. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, looking, uh, two, yeah. The Sunday, uh, the Sunday, the thirty first, it was. Uh, it was, well, I was at the protest, and it was like literally, it started five o'clock and it went to about six thirty, and we walked, and everything was fine till sunset came, and then all hell broke loose, and you're watching, and I, I, I was watching this stuff in real time because I still had friends that were out there. I, like, I got home not even an hour being in my apartment. My phone's going off the hook. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, are you home? Everyone's like, are you home? I'm like, yeah. It's like, yo, because they're, they're tear gassing and they're hitting people with, with, with the rubber bullets and everything's going crazy. So I messaged all the people that I knew went that I didn't get to bump into. Uh, yo, are you guys safe? Are you guys okay? What's going on? And then next morning I see, like, so many different stores. Like, they, they messed up two Foot Lockers. Um, they messed up a Lululemon. And they even messed up, I was watching, they messed up Steve's music store, a place where they sell guitars. And yeah, music. yeah. And I'm watching, I'm like, you guys don't even play. <laughs> curious. I'm, you I'm don't remember. even play guitar. What you <laughs> like, what are you doing? It makes, it just, it made no sense. So even yesterday, I left my house like around, like around noon and I went to see all the stores that got hit. I went to see if they needed help cleaning up. And yeah, so but it's 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 crazy. Well, I remember it all of you know looking back a decade ago when we had the G20 here in Toronto and the city for for two days was like yeah this bizarre riot zone like paramilitary you know people just destroying stores and cars on fire and all this crazy stuff that you never thought you would see here at home because in a lot of ways you had this situation where people were swooping in from all over the place and they just sort of jumped into the chaos and went, okay, here's my chance to just sort of do what I want while no one's looking, you know, but I think, and and I mean, we'll, we'll come back with, with you after the break and get your take on this. But I think a lot of what's happening too here in Canada is we're looking at this stuff in the States because obviously it's a lot more concentrated there because this is something that's been happening in the U S for far too long and we're looking at that stuff and going, well, that's an American problem, though. But, I mean, for people of color here and for comics here looking at this stuff, I mean, it does happen here. And, I mean, it, it's, it still has to stay to watch this stuff and be like, yeah, I feel that because this is something that's gone unchecked and unanswered for so long. But uh, we're going to get your view on that as a comic. We'll come back with you from Montreal. We're going to come back with more Akeem Hoyt Charles. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yo, this is White Wine. Young Riesling. You're tuned in to AM640 Inside Jokes, Jokes. baby. Ha! Welcome back to Inside Jokes. And of course, we have comic Akeem Charles on the line from Montreal, where, I mean, we were kind of surprised to learn that there was 
looting and, and some chaos. Akeem, I mean, we were talking to you before the break about how normally for a comic in Montreal, this is like, like you said, it's the Super Bowl of comedy is normally yeah. starting right now. It's JFL season, and it's like the the happiest place on earth for comedy. Literally. For you, I mean, looking at all this stuff going on, you know, we've been spending the last couple of months doing this, you know, just trying to figure out what the comedy industry would look like coming out of this massive quarantine. Now it almost feels like there's a whole other layer of crazy stuff going on this week. It almost feels like how, I don't know, to you, how vital is comedy right now? I, I'll be honest with you. I think, I think it's more vital than anything we need in the world um, right now. I think it's the most important thing in the world. Like we need, like, first of all, the entertainment industry is a multi-trillion dollar industry, whether it's movies, singing, acting, dancing, whatever, comedy, whatever. But I think comedy is needed more now because people need to feel good. This is a time yeah. where we've been, we've been cooped up in our houses since March. No one's been able to do anything. No one's been able to leave. You haven't been able to go see people. And we're still relying on people to entertainment somewhere. There hasn't been any new TV shows. There hasn't been, like, I think I, like, a lot of the famous comics that I know have upped their content and put out more stuff now than ever because, one, they have the time to do it, and, two, they know this is a time where people need to feel good. And now this was before all the George Floyd stuff happened. Yeah. Right? So it's now I think right now it's it's switching the focus to – we need to kind of like take a step back from from our jokes and really kind of assess what's going on, and I'm like, and especially me personally, the way I cope with things, I make a joke about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that's how I I dissect and and deal with this stuff. I I can't take nothing serious. Like I need to. That's how I just cope. It's like when you see somebody fall and smash their face right in front of you. I don't mean to laugh, but it's a knee jerk reaction of what I do. Like I don't want. I know it sucks. I know your face is smashed, but. I make a joke about it because that's how I cope about it. Cause I know if something would happen to me. First thing I would do is make a joke about it because if you could laugh at yourself, like laughter is the best medicine in my opinion. So it's just like, I'm hoping that we can come out of this better and, and ready. I personally think as soon as we're free and like venues opened up and everything, I don't think anybody's staying home ever again. <laughs> I, I think, think so, too. I mean, I think people will be hopefully stir-crazy enough during, I mean, just from, from quarantine alone. And also, I think you hit the nail on the head there. For a lot of comics, uh, especially of comics of color, I mean, there's a certain platform that you now have to get up on that stage where you can address this stuff in a way that other people aren't going to be able to touch. Like, that's a very that's going to be a very important platform and a very crucial way to sort of like bring this stuff to light in front of an audience honestly not and I'll, I'll, I'll just i don't mean to cut you off but not even just for uh comics of color white comic everybody this is a, like this, like so pretty much what i like what i've explained to everybody was literally this video i've told this is like the line in the sand totally right? all the other all the other um uh, police brutality videos and unjust uh, killings of of black men in the states or anywhere in the world, right? It's always been like that nuance of like, oh well, he was like he was selling this and he was doing that. This is literally you saw somebody have like he had eight minutes to get off this guy and let him get uh, some air. 
Yeah. It wasn't a gunshot. It wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. It wasn't instantaneous. He had time to change his mind at any point in within eight minutes, and he chose not to. So, And I told my roommate this. This is the line in the sand. This is where this is what's going to decide whether you because there's no there's no getting this confused. There's no nuance. This was murder. And it's either you agree with that or you don't. Yeah. So it's more for malicious for, act. Yeah, exactly. You it's know? not just more for, for people of color. It's for everybody. Right. Like we can't hate white people because you guys like I know you guys think he's a piece of this cop's a piece of shit, too. And I can't get mad at you guys for that because for, for looking like him. Like and I, I, think I rock the people who support me. So, and I think that's maybe why a lot of this is finally coming into the forefront, and why that why things are finally boiling over the way that they are is, I'm sure, I'm sure the quarantine didn't help, but I mean, <laughs> it's the it's the act of finally stripping away that sort of that opportunity to just constantly rationalize these things or turn a blind eye and go, well, that was a bad cop, which, okay, fine. He might've been, but this has also happened 800 other times that we have, that we know of, but, you know, or just saying, well, oh geez, America's really upside down or that particular city is really upside down or that, you know, those statistics are crazy there, but this isn't a widespread thing. It's a chance for people to finally step back and go, okay, enough is enough. This is systemic. This is something that's, it's too big to ignore at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 I agree. And what what for me, I even posted a video this morning about I don't care where you're from, if you're white, black, the fact that I see you out here making the effort to learn and to to and actually acknowledge what the problem Because a lot of people just live in their bubble and they really just don't know and they're not aware. But I see more now than ever that people are actually seeking the information and going out of their way to get out of their comfort zone and see what's going on and then using their platform to be like, yo, we need to swear ways awareness to this. And this guy needs to, you know, and I think it's so true. I mean, right now while we're in the thick of all this. It seems at this point in church has been just this weird, surreal, like nightmare that's been happening. Yeah. And it's just bought by a blink every week is a little bit more absurd and a little bit more scary and dangerous. It seems impossible right now to foresee a time when, when sort of we come back from all this. I, eventually we will. Who knows what things will look like then, but I think yeah, you're absolutely right. This is the time for comedy to look at this. Like, now's the time to comment on this and to... Everybody. Everybody needs to, like, but comedy especially, I think, once we're done, again, like I said, comedy is going to be the one thing that's going to get people back in good spirits. Right. Movies are great and all, but comedians are really the one that kind of take the it's our job to like look at the world and put things in perspective with wit. That's essentially yeah. what we do. We take we take our life experiences or what's going on in the world, we we put it in perspective for, for the audience in a witty manner. And a lot of times people laugh because oh I never thought of it that way, but that's 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 true. That's essentially our jobs. Akeem Hoy Charles from Montreal, thank you so much for joining us today, man. We we hope you stay safe, and you know we can't wait. Whenever all of this stuff sort of starts coming back and live shows happen again, we we look forward to seeing you up on stage and and what you'll have to say about all this stuff. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for having me, and you guys stay safe too. Hope to see you soon, buddy. Hey, one question left for Akeem, though. What's up? How about them Cowboys this year? Listen, man, I don't want to talk about it, man. It's, it's not, I don't think you want to just listen. You just want to take the knife and stick it in my gut. All the shit went now. You don't want to talk about my boys. Oh, I can't wait to see it, buddy. I love you.
<laughs> Take care, guys. Have a we'll good talk one. to you soon. Stay Thank safe, you. man. Thank you so much, Coquimbo and Charles. And we're going to be right back with the one and only godfather of Canadian comedy, the creator of the Nubian show, Kendra Robinson. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, this is Fiona O'Brien, and I'm in quarantine in my bed listening to Inside Jokes. With a cane that he twirled around his diamond ring fingers And a ball to my hotel Society gathering Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on News Radio 640 Toronto. And without further ado, you know, we're checking into comics in L.A. and Montreal and, and what their view is on all this. So, I mean, last but definitely not least, we have the godfather of Canadian comedy and, of course, the creator of the long-running cult show here in Toronto. Kenny, what I mean, what's your take on all this, man? What are you working on right now? What are your thoughts on all this stuff? No justice, no punchlines. I mean, it's uh, I live for this. I'm a comedy vulture. The best parts to me come out when there's uh, either uh, 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 scandals or or tragedy or 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 things like this. I mean, uh, you know, this. Uh, uh, it's, I've noticed several things about these uh, about these. Uh, I don't want to call them um, riots, even though I use that word riot on online. But uh, 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 militant friends of mine refer to them as uprisings. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think the biggest problem is there's too many damn white kids in these rallies. You know, like in Rodney King, you wouldn't have seen any white people at the at, at, at the gathering. You know, true. you really didn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. They weren't. They they get them they got their butts whipped and now every time I turn on TV who do I see breaking the windows it's white kids who do I see you know destructing and spray painting is white kids you know they're they're wrecking stuff and the black kids are going to get blamed for it they're the ones that get caught animals so uh, you know it's it, it's it's a mess we're living in and uh, you know I thought it was interesting that all week long the president of the United States was nowhere to be found which made me think of uh, if the uh, United States was the Titanic. He definitely would have been dressed as a woman trying to sneak onto one of the last the last life. One hundred percent, he would have. I mean, I think it's true. I mean, I think we're in a situation now where you're seeing a lot of people who, a lot of those people are using this as an excuse to just sort of jump into the middle of what's supposed to be something that very badly and urgently needs to be addressed. And then a lot of people are like, well, I've been pent up in quarantine and here's my chance to just Absolutely. go out and wreck stuff. Absolutely. Martin Luther King did not have a dream that white kids and black kids would loot together. That was not one of his dreams, but I mean, we've had quarantine <laughs> and this is the best frat party. Most of these kids will ever go to. I mean, did you see uh, Friday night? I stayed up all night long looking on uh uh, different Facebook groups for riots uh, in different uh, cities, and it was all a big party. You see, guys passing out beer. People got bottles of liquor in their hand. It was a, you know, it was a big rang up. Let's bust these windows and go and get things, you know. And what I feel sorry for the poor looters that grabbed uh, Nikes that weren't the right size. You know, you can't exchange them without a receipt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about this because, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about normally when, when there's huge things happening in the news and there's change going on in the world, the job of comedy is to sort of hit that stuff head on and address it. Absolutely. I think now with everything stacked up against us in 2020 and the more and more chaos that's unfolding, I think a lot of people are getting to a point where they're like, 
oh, man, can I even touch this stuff right now? Is this even important right now? But I think you're doing the opposite. This is sort of your time well, to come out and If you don't talk about it now, when are you going to talk about it? You know, and it's like everybody's saying George Lloyd wouldn't have wanted rioting and looting. You know what else he wouldn't have wanted? A cop kneeling on his neck for nine minutes. Yeah. Um, this is the first time when being a, a brother with no neck was actually a positive thing. You know, so, I mean, but I mean, I've enjoyed the whole pandemic. I, I'm antisocial. I don't have gigs or see my kids. I don't leave the house anyway. So this way, I have less, less chance for confrontation with people I don't care for. So, you know, and as long as I keep getting a, uh, getting a check from Mr. Trudeau, you know, they can keep me grounded forever. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm good. And I mean, way. for you, as long as you have that platform to sort of, I mean, like you said, you've just been writing jokes about this nonstop and commenting on it in real time and, and sort of going fast and furious. How anxious would you be? Let's let's say the pandemic was lifted right now and all of a sudden they said, hey, could you come and do do another Nubian show this week. Oh, How Nubian show. Well, the next Nubian show, because the one in April was supposed to be our 25th anniversary show. Yeah. So 25 years we've been doing Nubian shows. And, you know, it's actually funny because the, the, the first all-black comedy show I did, well, no, the first thing that inspired me to do it was the year after the Rodney King riots when I had all kinds of Rodney King material because it happened the same weekend my marriage dissolved. So guess which one I decided? I said, well, let's look at all this injustice to to get away from the fact that my wife don't love me no more. So, um, you know, I worked with Paul Mooney after the L.A. riots. And uh, I, you know, so I got a big awakening to that. And uh, I found myself getting sharper and sharper writing about that type of material. So, um, you know, I was starting to write uh, the idea for a one-man show just with something just with the just with the, uh, with, the, with the virus going on called Whistling Past the Graveyard. Well, this even ties into it even. I'm like, it seems like a thousand years ago, Kobe Bryant died. Yeah, really? You know, because it just, it just keeps, you know, they say God don't throw you nothing you can't handle. Well, it's like God is Nolan Ryan, man. He's throwing fastballs and he's got a nasty <laughs> cut. And, you know, and a slider that you go fishing out of the strike zone for. So, but the whole thing is you just keep swinging. I, absolutely. I mean, it seems like every single day now there's something new and something that's more of a hurdle for society to get over. Oh, and we're all and it, we're all just going like itching to get back out there and talk about this stuff. Uh, Kenny, we're going to go to break and we're going to come back with more from Kenny Robinson, the godfather of Canadian comedy and and what his take is on all of this craziness. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Lewis Black, and you're listening to Inside Jokes, which is why it's funny, you idiot. <laughs> now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, we have the godfather, Kenny Robinson, on the line with us. And, Kenny, you were talking about, you know, you launched Nubian Show. This would have been the 25th anniversary if the quarantine hadn't happened. And you launched it right after the L.A. riots. I think for you, I mean, a lot of people are looking at this stuff. And there's demonstrations here in Canada, too. But I think a lot of people are still using that excuse of looking at this and going, oh, America's crazy. This is an American problem. But, I mean, you've been working in this country and doing this show for 25-plus years. I mean, 
what do you what's your take on this as a as a Canadian comic? Like, oh well, I mean, yeah, America's crazy, but you know what? There's there's been police brutality and everywhere across this country in Thunder Bay. You've got uh, you know Hamilton happens to be one of the biggest uh, hate group centers in the country um, for the way Aboriginal people have been treated in. Uh, in Manitoba, I've been thinking Winnipeg, my hometown, should be smoldering by now. Uh, Absolutely. I'm kind of disappointed in the in the in the absence of uh, destruction, you know. And and people say, what does rioting ever you know accomplish? What does it accomplish? Well, you know, saying please don't do this to me for 400 years that hasn't accomplished anything either. And uh, then they said, well, what does Whitey never accomplish? Well, for one, it got Jesse Jackson and his sons, uh, uh, Budweiser and Coca-Cola distribution. Uh, distribution. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so and, you know, and I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, they, they had all the uh, big corporations are doing, you know, we're with you at this time of trouble. I'm waiting for the big corporations, you know, like Target. Hey, if you like what you've taken for free, wait till you see our new fall lineup. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about the black actors that do uh, commercial voiceovers. You know, will you will you feel more comfortable ordering uh, uh, insurance from uh, from um uh, uh, from Morgan Freeman, or are you thinking you're the reason my insurance policy has gone up? So, I mean, there's so many questions. <laughs> and now that Trump has called in, he says he'll send in the military. I mean, you know, it's like for the first time, I'm hoping that homies put down their guns and learn how to make roadside bombs. I mean, how heavy is this going to be? They shot four cops in St. Louis last night. You know, St. Louis had a history for a thousand years of, of police abuse in the in the community. Uh, unfortunately, though, I don't think it's ever the cops that you really deserve to get shot that get shot. Usually it is the nicest guy on the squad that catches a bullet. So it's uh, it's history. You know, I love it. It's history. Um, I, my, you know, my children, they're the, my youngest are like 19 and 20 and they're horrified by this because, you know, they've never witnessed before. This this, this came after Rodney King. I was yeah. 10 years old living in Chicago when I saw the National Guard rolling through the streets after Martin Luther King was just assassinated. So, um, you know, so I mean, I've lived through a few riots. Um, you know, up, up until last night, there was very little gunplay going on across the cities in America. I, I don't have pinpoint maps, but I try to keep track of who's getting killed where and, and how many. You know, they're, they're not reporting the casualties like they did during the L.A. riots. But, yeah, I mean, this but it's is a definitely bad happening. To, yeah, this is a bad time for that cop to kneel on that guy's neck. Didn't he think that maybe black people would be pissed off after the jogger down in Georgia just two weeks earlier? <laughs> you know, we're still pissed off about the police, about the cop, the woman shooting the guy that's sitting on his couch in Dallas. And she said, I thought it was my apartment. So, you know, the more you just stop and think about these incidents, and the worst thing is when the police and the DAs take a week to decide if they're going to press charges or they're not going to press charges, or they say, okay, uh, he shot this man, but we're going to charge him with littering because there's blood on the sidewalk after he did this. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's terrible, you know, so uh, it's, uh, but at the same time, I mean, listen, listen to the passion in my voice. It's also because, you know, been under house arrest for three months. But <laughs> which is true, yeah. I'm putting my hand against the, the screen of the phone like we were in jail in the visiting room. <laughs> well, Kenny, we, I, I mean, we, you know, it, it sucks that this is why we have to talk about this. But I mean, obviously, we could talk to you. We could easily fill a full hour with you on this stuff, and 
and and what things were like for you coming up as a comic and just 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 let you go and just your opinion in real time on this stuff. Uh, we hope we could do that with you soon, though, man. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I just have to say one thing. In 1965, in the Watts riots, Dick Gregory, who was one of my early influences, he went out in the streets to tell the youth, stop riding because the cops are only going to kill you. And he caught a stray bullet in the leg. So, uh, you know, if you want to write a blog about this, it's excellent. But nothing takes the place of going out into the street. Well, that's what we're seeing now. And, I mean, I think I think it's just a demonstration of, you know, this was just something waiting to happen, and I don't think it could have been avoided for much longer. Uh, Kenny Robinson, we hope to talk to you soon, man. We hope we can get back to being in the studio and get, get you in for a full hour joining us and, and get your take on just all this craziness that's going on this year. Thanks for, Be well, uh, stay safe. Me, uh, thanks for having me, and uh, keep laughing, and uh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> you got it, Kenny. <laughs> Good advice from the Godfather. <laughs> Thank you again to all of our guests uh, this week. Of course, Ron Jossel out in L.A., Akeem Hoy, Charles in Montreal, and of course, the one and only Godfather of Canadian comedy, Kenny Robinson. Uh, Vince, that's our show. Of course, we got we we have something special for our RX this week. What do we have going on, man? Well, when all of this started, and I mean all of this, I mean the craziness in regards to the George Floyd murder and the you know police brutality stuff. The first thing that entered my brain again thinking like a comedian was a classic bit from chris rock uh his special in 2018 was called tambourine and he nails it perfectly and lord knows that the cnn reporters have been saying there's just a few bad apples on the police force they've been saying it all weekend and immediately made me think of this clip by chris rock Absolutely. Uh, it's a perfect way to leave off on. And we hope all of our all of our friends in comedy, all of our listeners, wherever you are out there, stay safe. Hang in there. We never know what's coming next. Uh, we'll be back next week. And of course, you can listen to all of our shows. Season four and back to happier times on Global yeah. News Online. That's our show. We'll next be back week, next week. Chickens are coming for us. <laughs> Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Chris Rock. I don't think they pay cops enough. I don't think they pay police enough. And you get what you pay for. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, man. Whenever the cops gun down an innocent black man, They always say the same things, man. They always say the same thing. It's like, well, it's not most cops. It's just a few bad apples. It's just a few bad apples. Bad apple. That's a lovely name for murderer. It's like, how'd they get that one? Bad apple. That almost sounds nice. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.